So welcome to Conversations for a Critical Faith, another after the sermon interview with myself and Nancy. And welcome to everyone who is listening to this or watching on YouTube. Uh, today is a special day because this may be the last one that I'm doing for a while. I, I have one more Sunday preaching at the church before I take a three-month renewal leave. And Nancy and I have not yet talked yet to see how the timing might work to do this for next week. So there, I may or may not be with you next <laughs> week. Uh, but after that, Nancy will be interviewing our guest preachers for the next three months, which will be wonderful. It gives you a chance to hear another voice and um, maybe gain some deeper understanding of your own faith. Uh, so anyway, today is an exciting one for me because I also preached uh, this week's sermon on about, uh, about rest and renewal and resetting. And so that's what we're going to be talking more about today. So if you have questions that come up during the podcast, um, send me an email. You can email us at criticalfaith at fpclincoln.org. And I'm still around all week, so uh, I'll get back to you. So Nancy, take it away. Oh, good morning, Sue. Um, I miss you already. <laughs> But I'm excited for you. Um, it's really, it's really a, it's going to be fun to connect with you in three months to see kind of how it was for you. Because I think um, even when we take like a week vacation, it feels like for the first two days, <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah. we're still on the hamster wheel, like thinking about all these things. And then, and then midweek, we're kind of like, okay, I can relax into the vacation. And then like the day before we're heading home, we're mm -hmm. back on the hamster reel again. So I love that your sermon was really focused on is like how important it is to rest, yeah. a sense of rest and renewal. And um, I was, someone told me this once. It's like, you can't, if, if you were a car, you can't go from drive to reverse without going into neutral first. Because because you would just blow out the engine. Mm -hmm. But why is it that we don't rest? Like even why we don't take that five minute respite during the day, you know, let alone, you know, the five days or the five hours or whatnot, yeah. right? Well, I, how much time do you have? Because there's so many different answers to that question. Why don't we rest? There's just too much to do. And if I don't do it, who will? Um I'm I'm critical to whatever's going on. So if I'm not there, things will fall apart. I think sometimes our own sense of self-worth is based on what we do and others' perception of what we do. And honestly, I think sometimes we feel guilty for resting, mm -hmm. you know, for, for taking that break. Um you know, when, when people are busy around us, it's, uh, I mean, I'll just use an example here in, in my own home. Um, Linda does the yard work. Um, she loves being outside. I, I don't mind mowing, but do not ask me to weed because what I pull probably will not be a weed. So Linda takes care of all that and she doesn't want me out there while she's doing that. So, you know, I might be inside because I've, just come home from working eight, nine, 10 hours at the office. And I may just be vegging in front of the TV. And I feel so guilty sometimes doing that because she's busy working. 
she's doing these other things. And then I feel obligated to be out there and, and help her. So I think sometimes guilt uh, gets in the way of us doing what's healthy. And I would add one more obligation. It was interesting because last week I was, um, I was, I had a networking thing to go to and book club in the same evening. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I could be late to book club. I could, I could figure it out. I'll go to event number one, spend a few minutes, then we'll bound to book club. But how I was feeling on Tuesday was I am wiped out. I shouldn't even be driving anywhere, let alone talking to other humans um, or trying to be social. So, um, you know, I said yes to these things a month ago and I was looking forward to them. But the reality is, is how I was feeling and my energy level yeah. was like, I've got to be in my, I got to be horizontal and in my pajamas by 7 p.m. I'm proud of it. But it was really interesting because I reached out to both people, both people and uh, the, the woman from Book Club, she said, you know what, I'm so glad you're taking care of yourself because we, we set this up a month ago. Who knew what life was going to be, you know, on this day? And so I just add this notion of obligation as well. We said, yeah, so therefore we should. A absolutely. Or we're, we're part of this group, therefore we should, even if no one's asking something of us. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, ironically enough, it's that sense of obligation that helped the church grow so much in the, you know, those kind of boom decades of the, you know, 60s and 70s. It's like it was people understood it was their duty to be at church. It was their duty to give. And so the coffers were full and the pews were full um, because people had that sense of duty and obligation, which is not the best reason to show up at church. <laughs> what is it that the, the disease of sh shouldn'ts or something like that? There's, there's some yeah. saying around, be careful what you think you should do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then it's, I'll, I'll just own it for myself. Pastors, we love people who have that sense of duty and obligation because they're the ones who show up and do things. Um, and as soon as you start giving people permission to not do that because they feel obligated, then some won't come. And then you're feeling like, where is everybody? Um, but the reality is, is that we need to do what's healthy for ourselves and and while I'm a firm believer that involvement in a faith community is very important to our spiritual well-being, um, if you're doing it just because you should, you are not gaining what you need to mm -hmm. from that. And so it may not be the best place for you. Okay. But we still need to find, um, we need to find ways to combat all of those things, the shoulds, the guilt, the sense of obligation, the um, sense that life will fall apart if we aren't there and no one else can do it like we can. And, um, and by the way, we're right. No one else can do it like we can, but it doesn't mean our way is the only way. So yeah. I, yeah. So well, I you hit on, you, you hit on one of my, my beliefs, um, that I had for 50 some years. And, you know, I had a belief that if I didn't do it, we didn't, wouldn't be done right. And it led me straight into burnout. I, you know, I mean, I was suffering on, on all levels. 
um, because I was burned out. And and I had a 10 car pileup of beliefs. And one of them was, if I didn't do it, it wouldn't be done well. And I switched that around to other people can do things just as well as I can, if not better. It will be different. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. But, um, and then it's like, does the grass really need to be mowed today or can it wait (laughs) tomorrow? I mean, you know what I mean? It's things. It's things. It's like the rules, the, the rules we hold ourselves Mm-hmm. accountable to i mean i look at him sometimes it's like who made that rule up <laughs> laundry should always be done on tuesday you know yeah. La- yeah. you know the lawn should be mowed by noon on saturday i mean who who makes up this stuff us <laughs> yeah we, us. You're right. we we put these expectations on ourselves and it's it doesn't help us in the end. It, it may fulfill in the moment that sense of self-worth or value or capability or whatever it is. But as you say, it can so quickly lead to burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I shared with the congregation, a few folks in the congregation yesterday, um, we're recording this on Monday, um, that I'm so glad this renewal leave has come when it has, because I've recognized in myself, probably for about the last year, signs that I'm really, I'm either burnt out or just very, very close to it. Yeah. And I'm in a profession where pastors often put incredibly high expectations on themselves, but the congregation supports those expectations. (laughs) And so, you know, it's very hard to step back and say, well, you know, this other person can do it just as well. As you say, it may be different, but it's just as well. Well, what happens if they don't follow through, you know, or it isn't as good as it should have been, or there's mistakes or whatever whatever the case may be. Um, The organization still comes back to the designated leader and says, fix it. You know, okay, it's just easier for me to do it myself next time. You know, and so all of that just leads, it all plays into burnout. Mm-hmm. It all does. And so um, one of the things I said in my sermon is that the busier and more stressed we are, often the first thing that jet gets jettisoned is those things that help us stay healthy when we are busy and stressed. Um, and so that's where I think we have to stop saying should to ourselves. And I think we also have to be willing to say it's okay to let things fail and crash and burn sometimes because one person can't be the savior. I mean, and as soon as we expect that of somebody, it's everybody's going to fail. And so if we can stop, (laughs) if we can stop being the savior, I've told pastors this many times, you don't have to be the savior of your church. That job is already taken. Yeah. But we need to remind ourselves of that in, in our families, in our work situations, in our friends' situations. It's like, we don't have to be the savior. We have to be a loving friend, a loving companion. And that includes loving ourselves enough to say, you know, as you did, I'm tired. I just need to go home and be in my PJs by 730. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one's going to give us permission to do that. We have to claim that permission ourselves. Mm-hmm. I like um, I like the notion of energy management. You know how we do time management? Yeah. 
Um, but I've I've started to kind of reframe that over the last decade to energy management. Mm -hmm. You know, what what would I like to participate in? What would I like to accomplish? Mm -hmm. Right? What activities do I want to whatever? Um, but all those th all those things take energy, mm -hmm. right? They take gas in the tank. And so when I start to reframe things uh, into energy, I'm like, I have enough energy to do this, but not this. Yeah. And what can I move from my to-do list, you know, today to tomorrow or another day? Mm -hmm. um, because not not everything needs to get done today. And then I think what's so interesting, like it's raining here today. I'm like, well, you know, Mother Nature has a way of, of changing your plans anyway. Absolutely. But yeah, it's energy management is a great way to think about it. It's something I've, I, I won't say I've practiced, I've been aware of is what I would say. Um, because sometimes all of a sudden I feel like I got to get everything done today. Even though the reality is, is it doesn't need to be that way. I have a, a good friend who um, has post polio. And mm. one of the things I, I've learned from her uh, is that energy management is really the only way to to deal with life because if she does something one day, she has to rest the next day. Yeah. So she really has to be very intentional about what she wants to do during the week because she doesn't have the energy reserves to do everything she wants to do or everything that she's invited to. And, and I learned from that 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 really is the helpful way to look at things. I don't practice it very well. Um, for example, my whole goal in, in leading up to my renewal leave was I, I want to, there's stuff that's just been piling up in my office for frankly, some of it for the whole seven plus years I've been there. It's like, I want to, I want to take care of all that stuff. So when I come back in October, I'm not coming back to that old history that's constantly nagging me saying, when are you going to take care of me? So my intent was I'm not going to plan any meetings or visits for last week and this week. I'm just going to give myself time to make sure everything's in place for when I leave, clean up these files and papers and notes and stuff that have been lying around. I didn't have any time to do that last week because I filled it up and I was too tired then to deal with that. And honestly, this week is getting pretty full as well. And uh, as much as I, I hate to admit it, I've, I've accepted the fact that I just got to get through one more week. Um, and, but I'm going to come back different. Yeah, you'll have different energy and perspective. And maybe that pile that seems really, really tall mm -hmm. right now will actually appear smaller because you're like, I can just more quickly yeah. get through it. Like one of the things that I notice is if something is hard, that means I don't have the energy or the information to do it. Mm. And so I put yeah. it aside and say, what do I have the energy or inspiration to do? Sometimes that's vacuuming the, the carpet. Um, 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 but I, but I've learned like with this energy management idea is like when I'm in the zone, mm -hmm. you know, nothing really takes me that long. Yeah. It takes a lot more time, a lot more energy when I'm not in the zone, when I'm feeling 
resentful of having to do the task or whatnot. Um, so it'll be it'll be fun to see when you when you come back with your cup full. Yes. Right. Um, just your perceptions about that that pile that that's going to be it's going to be there. Well, I got started on it this morning. I was at the office and the beautiful. I'm at home now, but I was at the office and the internet was not working. So there was a lot I could not do. So I started tackling one of those drawers and and I think I just, you know, was able to do a quick flip and a third of that stuff is in the recycle bin now. Um, you know, so I'm I'm still hopeful uh, to be able to, to get that done because I really don't want to come back to it. But I do want to come back after this renewal leave with a better sense of healthy boundaries for myself. Mm. Um, That's a wonderful intention. Yeah, so that I'm I'm not working, you know, 50, 60 hours on occasion more a week. Okay. It's just not healthy. Um, well, and and to the point that you were making earlier, um, you know, church is a community, and and it is a shared it's a, it's shared accountability community. Like yes. like it's it's not all on you or a few members. It's shared accountability. So if 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 people in the church community want something, they they need to be motivated and and um, inspired to put their energy into it. Yes, yes, and uh, because if not, it's just a lot of like, you know, you could walk down the street and like, what would you like today? Well, I'd like you know a puppy and ice cream and you know <laughs> lollipops. Well, well, who's going to bring those? Right, right. Yeah, we can want lots of things, um, but no one person can make it all happen. And so, yes, that is one of the things we celebrate as a church is that we're a community and we all we all need to make things happen together. Mm -hmm. We all need to pull our energy and resources because one person alone can't do it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think we do forget that sometimes that we think it all has to be on, on us, on me, whoever the me may be. And so, because we're so important, we're so important. We're yeah. just so, yes. <laughs> you know, Without one, me, the whole world would fall apart. Well, one of the things that I, I've, I've told my churches for my whole career, and I've been at this for 32 years, is that ultimately my job is to work myself out of a job. Yeah. Church should not need a pastor. Interesting. The members should be equipped to share the good news of who God is and of God's love and forgiveness. The members should be able to um, to welcome people and care for people. And the members should be able to reach out and make a positive impact in the world. And they should not be dependent on a pastor to make sure all of that stuff happens. So uh, technically, my job really is to work myself out of a job so a church does not need a pastor. I love that vision. Um, I have failed. Now, now, well, and I'm not sure it'll ever come to be, but you don't you just love the vision because what you're yeah. basically saying is what your, what your heart's desire is, is to build a robust community of shared yeah. responsibility. Yes. Now that might take a hundred years to do and you'll, and, and it'll be beyond, you know, it beyond yeah. your time, but, but what a great intention. Yeah. How, how do we, how do I as a pastor with the help of the other leaders in the church, 
equip the congregation to be the church they are called mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. So, See yeah. why I'm going to miss you? Like we, with these, you. you know, we love these conversations. <laughs> we do. Um, one of the challenges I gave the congregation Sunday was um, find a new habit or revise an, revive an old one um, that fills their cup. Uh, you know, the, the reality is, is that not everybody gets a three-month renewal leave. Although I was reminded by multiple people on Sunday, teachers get that every year, maybe two months, maybe not three, but, yeah. but and it's like, you know, I actually hadn't even thought about that, but one of them even made a point of saying, Without that two-month break every summer, there's no way she could have gone back to teaching yeah. for as many years as she did. And so I'm grateful that there are those people in the congregation who get it. Yeah. Um, and so I hope that um, I hope that the congregation members will take up that challenge to find something to fill their cup. Because if if they're not lucky like I am to have this this one event here. Um, if they're not a university professor that gets them on a regular basis, if they're not a teacher that gets a, you know, a two month break or so every summer, um, find something to do mm-hmm. that, that nothing else that reminds you, as you were saying before we started, um, that we are human beings, not human doings. Mm-hmm. And, and that, again, we cannot give what we don't have. So if our cup, if yeah. our cup, is empty. There is nothing to give someone else. So, and that's the hardest thing is right. We have to take care of ourselves so we can actually care for Mm -hmm. others. Yeah. It's, it's put your own oxygen mask on first. Mm -hmm. And so Um, hard for us to do, especially those of us in the caring profession. I consider myself in the caring profession too, because of the the work I do, but um, you and nurses and doctors and teachers, and I mean, everybody, right. Um, yeah. yeah, take care of ourselves, right? It's not unusual that um, the person caring for someone who is ill actually um, has a, you know, a disease or a fatal incident before the person they care for. Yeah, yes. does it's not an it's not unusual. That's it's just kind of interesting, right? I have seen that over my ministry too, um, because there is this extra level of stress and responsibility uh, that the caregiver carries. Mm-hmm. And they often don't feel like they can take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. They have to take care of their loved one. So here's something I'm going to add. You are, you're inviting people to t- take up one thing, you know? Yeah. I'm going to invite people to stop doing something like I stopped making my bed every morning. And guess what? The world did not end. Like my mother said it would. I love it. I'm like, I, you know, I live alone. You know, nobody sees it. You know, I promise you, I wash the sheets once a week. So I'm very clean, but who, who said the world, you know, the world was only going to be okay. If I made my bed every morning. (laughs) I, I think that's wonderful because, and then that time when you're not making the bed, you can be sitting down with a cup of coffee and a book. Exactly. Meditating, oh, praying, right. something, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, it only takes two minutes, but you know what? That's okay. That's two minutes. That's two minutes. Yes. Never underestimate the power of little short uh, treats to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sue, thank you. 
for this conversation. As always, I learned so much in these dialogues and I, I trust our listeners do too. Um, and we'll, we'll see you soon. Yes. Yes. I say it might be one later. Uh, right. But if not that, I will be back in October and we really do have a, a wonderful lineup of guest preachers uh, for the next three months uh, who will be sharing uh, their perspectives on life and service and love and forgiveness and whatever they're all going to be preaching on. And so I, I hope everybody tunes in for that every week. Who knows? I may listen to it myself while I'm on my leave. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Nancy. And um, as I say, I'm, I'm hoping we can work it out to see you next week. But if not, I'll be back in October. But Nancy will be continuing. Okay. Thanks, Thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining us at First Presbyterian Church, where faith is nurtured, curiosity encouraged, diversity welcomed, and all are loved. Find out more about us at fpclincoln.org.